Welcome to the Mobile DJ Business Podcast with Rob Peters. That's right, Rob Peters is back doing a podcast. But this time, it's about bringing in guests and sharing experiences and information to help you create a better DJ business for you, your clients, and your community. Now, here's a guy who likes to wear his sunglasses at night, Rob Peters. Hey, everybody. Welcome to this week's episode, the Mobile DJ Business Podcast. How you doing, everybody? I'm Rob. A couple of things we got to do before we get to our interview with Fox Feldman. want to remind you that the DJ Expo is less than 30 days away. And if you go to thedjexpo.com, you can see now the lineup and the schedule of all the presentations that are going to be taking place next month in Atlantic City, including mine which will be taking place on Tuesday. And I wanted to take a quick moment to just let everybody know that I know it says 5 to 6.30, and I don't want people freaking out. It wasn't my call. More importantly, though, I want to let you know, first of all, we're going to be out of there at 6 o'clock because I'm Italian and I like pizza. More importantly, though, I want to make sure I can get you all over there with plenty of time to spare. The second thing is we're going to have some door prizes, including a pair of Floyd Rose headphones to give away in my seminar on that Tuesday. So do me a favor. I know it's the last seminar on Tuesday. Let's pack the place and have some fun, everybody. All right. That's the first thing. Second thing is a little bit of commentary. I've noticed that there are plenty of forums on Facebook for us to learn from one another in this industry. And I think that's really spectacular. There's one out there called Bad DJ Setups. Basically, in this forum, it's an opportunity to go to an event and take a picture of a DJ who probably doesn't know better or is inexperienced and has, let's be honest, a messy setup and poke fun at it. To the administrator and the people that think that this is actually something to spend time on, I got to tell you to rearrange your priorities. But this isn't helping our industry at all. What you're doing is you're tearing this industry down. And one of your rocket scientist members put up a post last week. If you're female, you're not a real DJ. I'm a little upset about it because we're not living in the 1950s anymore. And I'm not going to get into a whole female versus male DJ debate because that's not going to be constructive either. I think we as an industry, need to step away from forums like this and involve ourselves in being part of the solution of educating the people that don't know any better. That's part of our responsibility to this industry, whether you like it or not. That's why I sit behind a microphone every week and do some content that I know everybody's listening to. To the original posters, take your head out of the sand, pal. It ain't the 1950s anymore. And learn that women can do it too. And there are plenty of them out there that are doing a hell of a job right now. Way too many to mention. And I know I'll forget somebody. And I don't want to do that either. So I hope you'll join me in backing out of this form and unsubscribing, blocking it. Because I really don't think that that deserves our attention as an industry at this point. I'll be back with Fox Feldman in a minute. Thanks for listening, everybody. You're listening to the Mobile DJ Business Podcast. 
The Mobile DJ Business Podcast is brought to you by the Bubble Parties Business Program. Go to bubbleparties.com and download our free special report to learn how you, that's right, you, can make additional revenue doing kids' parties. We're also sponsored by Speed Quizzing Smartphone Trivia. If you do trivia or you're thinking about changing your format around or you're just looking to add something new to your services that you can do in bars and restaurants, check out Speed Quizzing Smartphone Trivia. And I'm being joined today by Fox Feldman. Tell us a little bit about your company, your business, how long you've been DJing. I started at 12 years old at the roller skating rink. Um, kind of brought myself up into the bars and clubs when I was 18. Um, so that's when I kind of give away my age, but I've been uh, doing weddings and, and parties and bars and clubs now for, this is year 31. You're right behind me. I'm on 33, so... I'm right there with you. A little bit of a different start for me, but tell us about your company and the types of events you specialize in. My company is called BTA Entertainment. Uh, it has went through a couple of name changes as I moved around different markets. I, I ran radio stations for 24 years. So I got into a couple of markets where the name I had for the business was already in use and I had to change it. Um, but the final change came, uh, I guess, two. 2001 to BTA, well, it was Black Tie Affair mm -hmm. Entertainment. And, um, all the vendors in the market I'm in just shortened it to BTA. So we just call it BTA now. I guess about 10 years ago now, it became big enough for me to become a multi-op. Uh, I, I really changed my style from being uh, the stand behind the console mixer to a very interactive, entertaining uh, DJ entertainer. Um, and that's when it skyrocketed. But we specialize in weddings. Um, that's really what I want to do. Um, I like being able to go in. I, I like having a format to follow. Um, I, I really loved doing proms and teen dances years ago, but as the music's changed and I've gotten older, I don't identify with a lot of the music that's on top 40 today. You know, it's funny, as I, as I talk to DJs who have been doing this for as long as you and I have, we're all getting into the stuff that we're more comfortable with, with experience. Yeah, and you know, the nice thing is, um, obviously our bride age group doesn't really change as our companies grow a year older and a year older. And, and most of those brides, at least on my end, aren't asking me for a lot of this top 40 stuff today. Because, I mean, and, and unless it's really a, a mainstream pop, danceable, Bruno Mars type of thing, and mm -hmm. people aren't asking me to play Post Malone at their wedding. You've got a really good formula on how to run a wedding reception. You want to share some of that with us? I, you know, I do sets of dance music, mixing. Um, but between each dance set, something happens. So I'm not doing the, uh, in our area, the, the traditional way is entrance, first dance, father, daughter, mother, son, blessing, dinner, toast, cut the cake. So we're, you know, with cocktail hour, we're two and a half hours in before dancing even starts. Mm -hmm. um, that was something I wanted to get away from. In our area, cake is dessert. So once the cake's cut, people jet. And I wanted to really be able to entertain them before that happened. So I kind of did a, a little mindset change on our schedule of events. What we do is we do the grand entrance, 
the first dance blessing, go right into dinner. I'm interactive during dinner. We're usually playing some sort of interactive uh, movie trivia, TV theme trivia, bride and groom trivia to get people to the tables to entertain them. So it's not just table number four to the buffet, um, but it's up to the bride and groom. You know, they, they're the ones that have the option. Uh, once dinner's done, I come out, I formally do an introduction. I interact with the, uh, the tables, um, get them passing around a dinner napkin. And for a lot of people, it's really cheesy, but it's got everybody in the room interacting with me, even though they don't know they're interacting, they're clapping, they're cheering, they're laughing. Um, and I get them all to the dance floor. Most of the weddings, 99% of the people are on the dance floor the first set. So it's not just five or 10 people trying to come. Dance them for 20 minutes parent dances, do a line dance or two, toast, cut the cake. So by the time we've cut the cake, I've had three or four opportunities to entertain the guests and hopefully keep them there. Um, the dance sets get longer as the night progresses. There's something in between. Uh, I typically do the garter bouquet about an hour and 15 minutes before the scheduled ending time. We do a 15 minute grand finale. Um, so we have a lot of fun with what we do and uh, we're able to keep a lot of people at the wedding um, and keep them entertained. And mm -hmm. so far it's worked. How do your venues respond with what you do? When I first started doing this in the market, there were a lot of skeptics. Um, it was very difficult because they haven't really seen anything but the guy that stands behind the console. And, and my closest competitor, if you want to call him that, uh, is a multi-op as well, but not one of his guys knows how to mix. Nobody in this market, cares if I'm mixing. It's just something that I do naturally and, um, you know, an added value I can bring to a wedding. Obviously, if there's a multi-op and not one of his DJs knows how to mix and they're still out doing weddings, they're doing something okay as well. Um, but once these venues really saw what we were able to do, and the bottom line, the bottom line is they're coming to us telling us we want you here. We're putting you on our preferred list because when you're here, our bar makes more money. It sounds to me like you have a very strong identity. Is that your main source of getting leads in your market or, or how are you getting your wedding leads in? Most of our wedding leads are word of mouth. Most of them. Um, I have picked wedding wire to send my clients to to leave the reviews um so if they go to the knot or something they're kind of doing that on their own but wedding wire is kind of where i force them to funnel to mm -hmm. so all of our reviews there and i'm very blessed uh there's no ego on my shoulder when i say this rob but very blessed that every single review we have is five stars and you know on facebook you get you kind of get a couple people you're gonna un unfortunately have some enemies uh, there's mm -hmm. one or two people that have left one-star reviews, and honest to God, I have no idea who these people even are. Why Wedding Wire as opposed to the Nine? Uh, the answer that I'm going to give you is pretty much for me. Um, mm -hmm. When I really started to, to go to DJ Expo, um, Wedding Wire was there. They did some of their own seminars. Um, it was really, in some markets, overtaking the Knot. I guess because they were newer, they were really coming up, they were really pushing themselves, and a lot of the millennials seemed to be, anyway, going towards Wedding Wire. Um, I don't pay for any ads there. Um, 
you know, I have a free account and basically I just host my, my reviews there. Most memorable moment at a wedding. Um, so, uh, I was living in Jersey, beautiful venue. I can see it in my head. I was told up front, the groom's mother did not like the bride. And I don't think it had anything to do with the bride. Just the fact that he was getting married, uh, at the end of the wedding, um, I saw the bride talking to somebody groom's mom comes up from behind with her hand behind her back, uh, turned around with a few choice words to the bride and threw a craft of red wine on the bride's gown. Yeah. Bride's mom came flying across the room, uh, nailed the groom's mom with a right. Uh, everybody started fighting, but the funniest part was all the cousins, the brothers, everybody started fighting. Uh, and we were tearing down. So the wedding was done. Mm -hmm. Guy comes over, beard he's just drinking the beer very nonchalant like in a movie like clerks or something and uh he says man this happens every time these two families get together here's what's going to happen eventually the groom's mom's going to pass out emts are going to be called she's going to wake up need some water everything will be fine within five minutes groom's mom passes out emts <laughs> get called she wakes up just needs some water everything's fine. Uh, I don't think she was inebriated at all. I just think if, if I can say she was an asshole. Wow. I mean, I, I've had a couple of fights in my day, but never with parents of the bride and groom. That, that's a classic yeah. one. You know, as, as far as, uh, as, as really fun, memorable moments, um, you know, as cheesy as this is going to sound, Rob, I really enjoyed the late 90s when we were able to use props and mm -hmm. throw out the air cars and, and the hats. And um, I really think that that just made for a, a lot of fun. And it's not that we can't do that anymore, but so many people did it back in the 90s. It, it, it just comes off, I guess you know, a little kooky today. I still have a box of them and they sit in the trailer because I never know if somebody's going to go, hey, but it's been years since I pulled that stuff out. But they, they really made for some fun weddings. Those were some really good times from the standpoint of it was okay to be able to engage with people and get them out of their seats and make them feel good enough that they wanted to have fun. We as an industry got into that so much that it's like that one song that plays every 30 minutes on the top 40 station. It's becoming a little more difficult as an interactive entertainer to be able to engage a crowd without either going against what the client wants or amazing people to the point where they're uncomfortable. I, I guess there's no other really way to put that. Yeah, I, I mean, I agree. Um, it, it, it is funny when, you know, you mentioned photo booths and, and we do photo booths as well. And I constantly find myself on the mic now reminding people to please take the props back to the photo booth. <laughs> yep. Because they're always bringing them to the dance floor. Mm -hmm. um, so it's it's funny. It's kind of a catch-22. They'll do it on their own if, if it's sitting there. And I, I you know, I wonder... Um, it just popped in my head as we were talking. What would happen if I just sat a table up in a corner with some of those blow-up instruments and hats and sunglasses? Would they sit there or would people just go get them and play with them? Let's shift gears a little bit. As I, we talked about DJ Times last year, and I understand you're on the lineup with me again. Not together, obviously. Uh -huh. What are you speaking about this year? 
So my seminar this year is managing client and guest reactions. Uh, because of what I do, my style, my brand of, of interaction, I'm able to see and create reactions from guests. When I'm trying to do something, uh, for example, the father-daughter dance, um, you know, I, I don't just want to call Brianna and her dad to the floor, have people clap, and then go back and start talking again. I'm trying to evoke an emotion into the room. So I have a, a list of some generic questions that I ask the bride about her dad. I really make that moment special about dad. I turn those little questions into a 30-second story and evoke an emotion into the guest. And the reaction that I'm able to create from that, you know, is that, oh, or, you know, wow. I'm not trying to make anybody cry, but I really want to create a special moment for dad. Um, the laughter, I know when I'm trying to get laughter. I know when I'm trying to create energy. I know when I'm trying to create smiles. I'm very energetic with my grand entrance. I do it Michael Buffer style. I, I see a lot of stuff on YouTube and videos passing our Facebook group to people that are very monotone when they're doing grand entrances and there's no energy whatsoever in the room, at least from my end. And everybody's going to do what they want to do. Mm -hmm. But for me, I love the napkins swirling around, people clapping and cheering and making the wedding party just feel like royalty for being there that day. So it sounds like you've got a lot of great tips to help the attendees that come to the show on how to make those moments pop a little bit more? Yeah, I do. Um, you know, and, and it'll be a rundown of, of what we do, um, you know, and, and what, what memories, what reactions, what emotions we're trying to evoke at those particular moments to give some people some ideas of things that they could possibly do, take what I do and change it to their own way. Um, I always have a PowerPoint presentation with video and audio in it, and I always try to do uh, some real-time stuff with some guests in the audience, uh, you know, with, with the other DJs in attendance as well, uh, to do some hands-on. So, you know, that's, that's my approach at the big seminars. Awesome. Now, you, you mentioned earlier, you only go to the, that's the one you go to the most is DJ Times. Yeah. What other industry, yeah. have you gone to any other industry conferences, maybe not outside the DJ realm, other than Arms DJ? I heard uh, Arms DJ was really cool last week. Arms DJ, um, this was my third year going. People kept telling me, go, 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 go. Uh, I went on the 10th anniversary, uh, and it was packed. And I had such a great time. Um, a lot of the heavy hitters are there. And I think what makes ARM DJs a little bit different is um, you don't have two or three seminars going on at once. Mm -hmm. There's one seminar time. There's one room. You decide whether you want to be in that room and learn something or whether you just want to roam around and, and do nothing. Um, but you're in there with a lot of the industry leaders and uh and it's it's a pretty cool um little conference uh so i went last year as well to 11 and then this year robbie Britton's the guy that puts it on he's from greenville tennessee and that's typically where it's held but this past year he did a touring arm djs and hit about seven different cities along the east coast and um that was pretty fun i went down to hilton head got to uh, meet some people that I knew, some people that I didn't know, 
those touring ones weren't as crowded, but very intimate. And you got to learn a lot of cool stuff. Uh, this year, um, we moved it to Gatlinburg, Tennessee. Uh, it was very, very fun. Uh, a good number of attendees. I actually spoke at this one. Mm -hmm. um, uh, my good friend Larry Williams put on a little seminar called Front and Center, TED Talk style. So we each had about 15 minutes to go up and do it, and there was seven of us. Um, so it helped me because I got to go up for 15 minutes, talk about client reactions, um, and kind of see where I was, go back, look at the video. Next year, um, with the new one, Arms, uh, Arm DJs 2020, Unfortunately, it is going to be the very last. That's arm the DJ. rumor going around. Is that's we're gonna we're trying to get Robbie to come on. He's done a great job with it, and I know a few years ago he had talked about how long, much longer it was going to be. Uh, it's it's I guess bittersweet that next year is going to be the last one. Yeah, um, you know he was pretty adamant about it. I know that they had thought uh last year might be the last one he really wanted to do the tour and see how that went uh that was something he had said he wanted to do for a very long time and and didn't want to stop until he did it uh mm -hmm. so he did it and um so the, you know next year's going to go off with a bang i think we're back in gatlinburg again the hotel could not have been more hospitable to us the nice thing i think about arms is that it, it you get to really, it, it's not several hundred people running into each other in the hall saying, hey, it, it, you really become like family with these people. Oh, yeah. People that you admire, people that, that, like I said, are, you know, quote unquote, leaders in the industry um, that just sit there. Peter Mary was at the convention for ARM this year. He did nothing. He was an attendant. He didn't speak. He didn't have anything to promote. He just was an attendant there to listen to the seminars and, and learn as well. Um, that's pretty cool. And this year, too, uh, coming up, um, it, it's not typically, uh, it happens Father's Day weekend. It starts Monday is when everybody arrives. Uh, this new one coming up, Arm DJs 2020, is actually going to happen the week before. Ah, um, there was some, uh, there was some conflicts between the hotel and having the ballroom, and um, so it's actually going to be the week leading into Father's Day weekend, not as leaving Father's Day or the day after. Oh wow! Uh, so I think, but but seeing this is the last one, I think it's really going to to probably be a, a packed house, and everybody's going to try to get them to to probably continue on, and we'll see if we can play with his emotions. Well, I think if anybody's going to be able to possibly get the emotional side of him going, based on what you're going to be speaking about at DJ Times, you might be the guy. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, anybody that knows Robbie knows he can get a little emotional. Uh, I am going to Wedding MBA this year. It's the first time I've done that. I've never been out there. You'll love it. You'll no. absolutely love it. You'll get a new perspective on the wedding industry. That was my take on it. And you'll walk out, I walk, I usually buy a brand new notebook whenever I go to a, a new convention or a seminar. And usually by the time I leave, it's maybe half full. I had one and a half the last time I went to Wedding MBA of ideas and notes and just stuff that realistically in my mind was, uh, was stuff that I tried, either I tried or I looked at it when I got home and said, you know what, maybe not, maybe not this year, but maybe next year. So, uh, Fox. 
It's been great having you on the show. Thanks for taking some time out of your day to be a part of it. Uh, we look forward to seeing you sure. at uh, DJ Expo. Yeah, we'll be out there. All right, thanks for being on. You've been listening to the Mobile DJ Business Podcast. Give us your ideas for future guests, questions, or topics, or just stay informed about upcoming episodes on our Facebook page, or visit www.mobiledjpodcast.biz. The Mobile DJ Business Podcast is a production of Rob Peters Entertainment, all rights reserved.